Our summer holidays, when I was little, were always spent in North Wales, and one of our great annual treats was to go to the tiny Harlequin Puppet Theatre in Colwyn Bay. It was there that I fell in love with the Welsh National Anthem, indisputably the most beautiful one in the world. Anyway, we'd enjoy the same marionette cabaret every year and never tired of it, and my absolute favourite act was a skeleton who jumped out of his grave and danced about to spooky music. And to my total delight, when I looked it up, that puppet theatre is still going 50 years later, so if you're ever up that way, please do visit and support it. I'm Frances Butt, and this is Emotipod, a series about the arts and how they help us so much emotionally. I was never that into Punch and Judy, although I did like the crocodile and the sausages. The faces were weird, and they disturbed me, rather. And like dolls and soft toys, those inanimate faces really matter when you think about it, because we play with them intimately from the earliest age. We cuddle them, we make them say things, and they're little comforting friends. It seems quite difficult to make a really friendly, happy doll face. Maybe teddy bear faces are easier, but they can often look a bit sad if that stitched mouth turns down too much. But when I happened across the work of today's guest on Instagram, I was blown away by the detail in the unbelievably lifelike and enchanting faces of her dragons, fairies and witches. They had me staring and scrolling and scrolling and staring until I'd seen every last picture she'd posted. She is incredible puppet maker Emma Berry. And she works in all kinds of different materials, from felt to fimo, from fabric to leather. But whichever medium she's using, she conjures up the most incredible facial expressions in her puppets. So I was really delighted when she agreed to join me for a conversation about how she came to be doing what she does. Emma, thank you so much for joining me. It's really lovely of you to to do this with me. Um, and can I first ingratiate myself with you by saying what an incredible artist you are? Because your puppets are amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. Did you go to so did you go to an art school? Well, it's a long story, but I started off in graphic design, oh. which I absolutely hated, <laughs> and right. ended up in illustration. So. Uh-huh, right. But all the time I was making things, so mm. and denying myself that that's what I really wanted to do. <laughs> oh, it's a kind of a familiar story with artists going to school and doing the one thing that and, and really wanted to do something else. Why is that so common? Anyway, so you specialised in trying to be sensible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you really like making things. Love it. So, how did you come to make puppets? Uh, what's the story there? Well, I've always made things. I grew up in a house where my father was a cabinet maker oh. and an inventor. And my oh. mother is, was an architect and she was just constantly making things and painting and decorating the house. So okay. we grew up in an environment where you could do anything really with your hands. Just had to have the imagination. Yeah. Okay, so no barriers there to just having a go at things. That's lovely. Oh, what a lovely, what a lovely environment. Fantastic. So did you make puppets when you were a kid then? 
I started by making sort of, um, I would say, like clothes for my dolls. And oh, yes. To torment my brother, I'd make um, tutus for his action man <laughs> up on the stairs for him. So that's how I started, I think. See, in this day and age, that would be really right on thing to do. <laughs> Wasn't at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and then I started making dolls. Right. From there. Okay. And then I wanted them to come to life. So Right. Right. Then the puppets started from there. Yeah. Fantastic. So do you still have any of those early puppets? Well, actually, the first puppets I remember making, well, they weren't really puppets, they were peg dolls that I oh. sort of drew on the little faces in pen and mm. put a little wool on their head. And I gave them to this boy that I was in love with. Oh, he kept them and we ended up having two children together (laughs) so it worked it worked wow oh wow like a charm dolly yeah that's brilliant I like that (laughs) but yeah yeah but but you work in in so many different kinds of materials now um do you like working in one of these does one really do it for you or do, do you just like not getting bored and like using all kinds of things I think it's to do with what I'm making um, mm. the material suits what I make. So right. I just had to adapt. The, you know, I have a envision what I want to make and then right. I have to learn how to do that with okay. whatever material I think it has to suit. So Oh, I love this. I love this process. From my parents. Uh, right, <laughs> my okay. Parents. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. If you want to do that, think about it, learn it. And that was the way we were encouraged. Yeah, so... Right, I love this. So, teaching yourself all the time, and you and you sometimes incorporate machinery. So, presumably, you've taught yourself mechanics as well with the mechanical side of things. Yes, yes. brilliant. I mean, I was taking apart things with my dad and his car, and you know, um, we were encouraged to do that as well. You know, I was a sort of only girl, but you know, I was interested. So, we'd make go karts and bogies. Oh, and yeah, brilliant! All sorts of What's a bogey? Bogies. A bogey is a go kart, really. Oh, okay. And it's okay. a very dangerous version of <laughs> the wheels falling off and all sorts. <laughs> you learn the hard way. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So, motivate you to do it well, then, I guess. Exactly. And um, I wanted to ask you of all these different materials, I wanted to ask you about your Baba Yaga's face. Is that wax? It's actually um, a sculpting medium called, I think it was Sculpey. And I also used Fimo. So, they allow to really, really fine work. So I love using that. Yes, incredible. I, got, I was worried about it melting because it's so stunning. But that must be so different carving in, in that material to felting a face. Very yeah. obviously a different character and everything. So different. What really impresses me about what you do is, is the nuance of expression you get into your faces. So when you set out, do you have an idea of who they're going to be? You have this idea of who they're going to be, who you want them to be. Do they do they turn out different or? Yeah. Um, they evolve. I think mm. what happens in the process, especially with the wool, is it's such a tactile, beautiful thing to use, even mm. though you're using a barbed needle. Mm. That's the dangerous part. But actually what happens is you get, you start. well, I start thinking about their character, the story mm. they're in mm. and how what their personality is like what the characteristics of them are and actually what happens is their face just sort of emerges from the the wool and that's you know you can just look at it and say oh hello exciting (laughs) beautiful and it's like it's almost like 
well, it's an automatic. My hands are doing it after years of practice and I don't really think about it anymore. Amazing. And if I start thinking about it, it gets really difficult. So Well, that's interesting. I just allow sort of I just allow it to happen, if you know what I mean. So that can be quite frustrating trying to get into that zone. Okay. It's so it's a kind of a mindset with it is yeah. just tuning out in a way or not not overthinking. That's right. Interesting. Yeah. It's meditative almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. So what's what's interesting about those faces is that a puppet or a mask or whatever has a fixed expression, really. But there's so much nuance in it with your faces that you can see. You could, you know, you fill in the blanks as a as a viewer, don't you, according to what the story yeah. is or whatever. So so clever, so clever. When you finish them, do you do you operate themselves? Do you perform with them, or do you do you sell them? Where do they go? Well, what happens is normally someone commissions me, a person commissions me to make one. Sometimes they're private collections and sometimes they're puppeteers. So for the puppets that are going to be working, I have to know how to operate them. I mean, it's vital to get the balance and the weight right. Right, yeah, yeah. So I'm not really a natural performer. I like being hidden away in my workshop. I don't really like being in front of massive crowds. Okay. I mean, I do do it, but, you know, it's preferable to me to make them and then set them off in the world so yeah oh nice nice so do you know people that you would say or do you get people to try them out that you know are good puppeteers as well yeah 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 I sort of make them how I think and then readjust for their their bodies really oh okay Um, okay. so a puppet oh well we'll talk about that because the size and scale yeah the range of sizes that you make yourself from the teeny tiny boxing hairs to these massive dragons yeah that need several people to to operate them but did you just say that you need to they need to fit the body that's working with them to some extent well yes because it's quite tiring so it can be quite tiring so holding and manipulating right so yeah, yeah yeah people have always have their preferences you know how many if it's a marionette how many bits of operation they want to have oh. and how many you know all the rest of it so and then with the giant puppets they have to be light enough to carry and right you know you have to be able to see the other person so you can you know, make a beautiful right. swerving motion. Okay. So okay. there's a lot of dialogue backwards and forwards about exactly what the expression of like the dragon has to be, if there's any mm. fixed points or if it's just very serpentine. Okay. So, yeah, so. Oh, oh, it must be just the best fun to see them in action once you've... Oh, it must be oh, amazing. Oh, lovely, yeah. Yeah. Is fun. there a kind of um a community of puppeteers and puppet makers is has, uh, has social media sort of made that a bit more possible around the world it's a lot it's coming up a little bit more it's more public now there's mm. a great festival in newcastle now which is just down the road from where i am right um, i've always been on the periphery i sort of skirt around the periphery of all sorts of don't want to pigeonhole myself right. too much yeah, yeah um yes there are brilliant beautiful communities of uh, puppeteers all around the world and have massive festivals and I think it's becoming more popular for yeah, adults I, and children so yeah oh definitely and well in our in our local theatre in the Bristol Old Vic so so many performances over the recent mm. years have had puppets as part of their performance yeah. so it's definitely has been on the rise very interesting and we were talking about your dragons they're unbelievable I wanted to ask you about, uh, oh, worms, W-Y-R, worms, worms. Yeah. It's, I hadn't heard that word before. Is it a type of dragon? Well, I'm up in Northumberland and in 
Northumberland, there's uh, quite a lot of stories of worms. Which, worms are sort of giant snakes or serpentines oh. and dragons. They're without the sort of legs and the, the wings. But there are a lot oh, of four or five myths up here about worms, you know, and the Lampton worm being very famous. Oh. The Laidley worm of Spindleston Hugh, which is at Bamborough Castle. So there's lots of different stories of oh. called dragons by people, but actually the old word for them is worm here. Yeah. And okay, thank you. I've learned something today. I've got to come up to the <laughs> northeast and check these out. They're just fantastic. And I guess you see them in heraldry as well, the That's leg- right. legless ones, as it were. Oh, yeah. thank you for that. Thank you for that. And uh the eyes of your do you make the eyes for your dragons? I do. Do yes. you? They're unbelievable. Yeah. They're just. There's one person, a glass blower, that got to make the sort of big glass eyes on one of the ones that went to Durham University. Right. But the other ones I like to make myself because I want the right, exactly the colours. And oh, they're, they're extraordinary. They're, they're so realistic. You can, I can imagine that moment where you pop that eye in. <laughs> must the whole <laughs> yeah. thing must just come to life. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And the black leather dragon, goodness me, those eyes, I don't know. Um, <laughs> another name I had to go and look up was Krampus. I'm so ignorant. <laughs> Krampus, he's a great character. Why don't people, more people know about him? He's, he's a wonderful character, like the antithesis to Santa Claus. He is. He's terrifying. He's really scary. It's like if you're, if you're good, you get Santa Claus. If you're naughty, you get Krampus. Well, actually, it was a, it was a commission from Durham University and this German professor there who's, that's her culture, you know, Krampus. If you okay. brought up with Krampus. And, right. You know, if you weren't a good child, then you'd be taken away by Krampus. You know? yeah. It's absolutely terrifying. Awesome. So we made I made the costume for them and it's part oh, of right. their collection. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, he's fun. He's really fun. And and the other name was Quirkus I wanted to ask you about because is that a character Quirkus in mythology? Not really. It's Latin for oak. For oak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he's part of a sort of series of natural elves. Sort of oh, right. He's wonderful. Yeah. He's got this intelligent, sort of really incisively intelligent expression. It's so cleverly done. I really exhort people to go and have a look at him on uh, on your Instagram yeah, page. I'm in love with him. So I've kept him. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I made a replacement. <laughs> I don't blame you. He's he's so great. Thank you. So again, we're talking about this ambiguity that's in in the faces hmm. that you can read into that really grabs it really grabbed my attention. Your fairy looks so naughty. <laughs> She's definitely not to be trusted at all. And then there's another elf that has this little sardonic smile or smirk sort of thing, but he could be nice, but he's yeah, again, you're not sure about him. It's just brilliant. And then you've got Ethel and Ernest, who are obviously the nicest, kindest people. So, so much range that you have. So have you ever put any of your own feelings and emotions into, into a puppet you're making? You know, any of your, yeah, like get your rage out or, or, or sadness? I think, I think anger, anger doesn't really work when you're working, making things. Oh, okay. Because it just, your mind's not focused and it's scatty and it just makes a big oh. mess. It just ends up in an accidental. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> So, but you know, I lost my husband quite, you know, a long time ago, and I think that's when the healing process of, okay, you know, going through the grief was, right. you know, making things really helped me and my family, right, get through that grief. So I think some of the expressions, the nuances, and the expressions mm. in the, the are sort of from me. It's sort of working through things. 
So, yeah, so, I mean, that's one of the reasons I started this podcast was this this idea that um, how art helps us with processing our grief, shame, anger, really does. joy, all of those. It's just important, isn't it? So important. Incredibly healing yes. to make something. Yeah, yeah. And I think it brings up when I'm teaching as well, it's people really find the process of focusing and concentrating very yes. uplifting and yeah. very freeing. So yeah. it's lovely to understand the process firsthand and then see people absolutely benefiting from it from going from well I can't do this to actually oh that's really helped me just fantastic relax or absolutely because you're in this space where you think you're not going to be able to do anything and everything is impossible and everything is bleak and then you achieve something or you're in this process if you are doing something you're you're still functioning and your life is going to be possible that's right it is extraordinary yeah extraordinarily powerful and you were saying it helped your your children too well my littlest was six when my husband died so it was quite harsh and I think I was in a hellhole mentally and so making things so you know which have to realized I had to drag myself out of this awful place so you know first thing I go to is puppetry okay having conversations with teddy bears and then we started making one that she wanted oh. and those little moments each moment that you have and those times that you just start having a bit more joy back in mm. your life so mm. yeah mm. I really started making puppets for her and then yeah. the more I did it the more enjoyment I got and the more you know the more I got into it really yeah, so yeah. And the more the joy came back so you know so that's how it grew into what yeah. you do now that's incredible yes, that's incredible was, yeah. what a story the expressions, the expressions come through as well don't they it's sort of they clearly do yeah. they they clearly really do yes 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 so that's fantastic thank you very much for sharing that have you got any good stories about how how your puppets have come across to to people or you i've got photographs of the surprise look on people's oh. faces which is just capturing moments the photographers have caught oh, these moments of yes. people just go what god yeah yes <laughs> and then kids just kissing their noses and things oh. so it's like you know kind of just in the oh, moment gorgeous the things, oh, that know. must be so gratifying to see those responses did you say yeah. kissing the noses you mean of dragons yeah, not just kids, it's adults. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> you know, you get all sorts of people just wanting to say hello and they actually engage in conversation yeah. with these. Because <laughs> they are, they're beautiful. Yeah, you would like to have one, you know, wouldn't you? We used to have a bull terrier, you know, that ugly, beautiful thing. And some people would, and many people would cross the road, but some people would go, oh, because she just looks so extraordinary these extraordinary weird looking things people are drawn to that aren't they it's amazing yeah yeah it brings out their inner child I think oh absolutely I mean there's the one grandmother who was great we had an open air show and this was in France when we lived there and it's an open air show and it's in the forest and she brought a little granddaughter along she looked very stressed and worried you know but um, she arrived quite tense and then she left in tears and I sort of she came up to me and I said are you okay is everything all right and she said well, actually, it just reminded me of my childhood and the, the stories, the fairies, the magic, oh, and the, oh. it brought back her sort of childhood to her. So I thought that was, oh. she was just so moved, it oh, moved beautiful. me. And her little granddaughter was just like <sighs> shaking her head. Like, well, <laughs> it was magical, but you know. 
<laughs> yeah, well, grown up. So, yeah. Oh, how wonderful! You because you're bringing these fairy stories and and mythological creatures to life, and and bringing them to new audiences. And what a fantastic thing you're doing! Really great. And are you getting back out there with people, or are your puppets getting out there and performing again? As as My we puppets have got out there quicker than I have. Yeah. Okay. You're. You've <laughs> so, been lent out twice already so this year. So which one? Um, the, the newest one, the, the big, long, painted one. Oh, okay. Um, she's been out and about, and she's up in Scotland at the moment. So oh, great. She's and she's going on tour. She's yeah, on tour. she's going on tour. So <laughs> travelling more than me. And, and, yeah. Uh, so, no, I've been just starting getting back into teaching again. So that's Okay. Good. Teaching, making puppets to... Who are you teaching? Well, I don't teach puppetry. I sort of okay. teach... I've been teaching a bit of leather work, and I've been oh. teaching... Actually, I've been teaching a little bit of needle felting as well. Right, yeah. So depends what people want to know. So Yeah, because the leather work, that, that, your leather work is also beautiful. And I think um, Susie Fletcher on um, the repair shop, <laughs> she's, she's made that very popular again, I think. Mm. But yeah, that's beautiful work. So is that adult, adult classes or children or both? Bit of a range, really. Great, yeah. great. Oh, well, I wish you the best with that and with upcoming performances of your work and I'll just keep in touch and be all agog to see the next puppets that you make because they're just spectacular thank you so much for talking to me today absolutely welcome and thank you again for sharing your work with the world absolute pleasure thank you it's been great thank you so much so that wasn't the first story in this series of someone whose art has helped them to work through their profound grief and loss and gradually to rediscover the light and joy in their lives. Art truly can heal us. And it was plain to hear the pleasure Emma gets from seeing the reactions of amazement, wonder and delight from audiences seeing her puppets in action. There's magic in making the inanimate animate. It must be an incredible buzz to create such high-quality characters and then see them brought to life. Hmm, maybe rather than flying anywhere, I'll put a trip up to the northeast of England on my bucket list so I can see Emma's fairies and worm dragons in the felt and leather flesh. I'll post the links in the text for this podcast so you can see Emma Berry's work for yourself. And I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. Please feel free to listen to the other episodes and like and subscribe if you're enjoying them. And until next time, enjoy keeping all your senses open and alive to whatever art makes your life better.